Hey, thanks for listening to the Harvest Time Podcast. We hope today's message helps you know God in a real and powerful way. Kids, if you're in the room, you're, or teenagers, or if you're sitting next to your parents, why don't you just look over at them and give them a big old smile, tell them you love them, that you can't wait to buy them a snow cone after church. It's on you today, right, kids? It's like, don't worry, Mom, Dad, I got... <laughs> really, really thankful to be a part of a generational church where, uh, where we, we see the whole family in every, from the, from the most seasoned to uh, the youngest ones that have an opportunity to learn and to grow in the things of God and to, and to be united together, not segmented, but this is the way life works and this is the way values and belief systems are passed down and pressed into uh, who we are is when we come together um, and, and can we just acknowledge today that every generation has something to learn from the others around them? And we are better because we're surrounded by so many different generations. And uh, before we jump into the word today, I just want to say thank you to those in our, uh, on our team and in our church that serve uh, the next generation that are, that are working in kids ministry and youth ministries and to, to impress uh, upon the, this next generation, the things of God that are partnering with you as families. And so to Pastor Clarence and Joe and Pastor Nay and Brad and uh, Hannah, there's so many great people on the team that work week in and week out uh, to love and to serve and to help you and partner with you in raising your kids. Can you just do me a favor? Can you just say thank you to the team that works so good? Thank you, guys. Really, really proud. And I didn't say Joe's name in the first service, and so I'm going to say Joe's name three or four more times just to make up for it, uh, <laughs> because I love him so much, I can't believe it. As soon as I started listing names, I was like, this is dumb, don't do this, you're going to forget somebody, and guess what, I did. But uh, I am very, very thankful for our team uh, that works so, so tirelessly. But can I just say, uh, it, it really is a partnership. And it's, uh, it's not just, we can't, we can't just uh, say, hey, here you go, Pastor Nay. Hope you can make my kid not be rotten. Um, so it, it really is a partnership. But I promise you, your family and your, your family will benefit. And there will be, there's a value in, in plugging in, connecting your family to the things of God and to exposing your kids to the things of God at early and often in their lives. And so... Um, I'm just so thankful for this. I love family service. I love seeing kids up here worshiping and being a part of things and in guest services and, and all the volunteers that are making this thing happen. One more time, can you, just, can you just give God a hand for what he's doing in this place? Thank you, Lord. This is a great place. This is a great place. If you have your Bible, go ahead and grab it and turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 24. Uh, and I'm going to be talking a little bit about choices today. And... Uh, uh, we're going to jump into in the text here in just a moment. But there's a, there's a recent study that was done that says that on average, uh, the average person makes 35,000 choices per day. That's a lot. 35,000 choices per day. Uh, and for some, you know, some of those are really small and trivial, like what you're going to wear and what you're going to eat for breakfast and, and those types of things. And then there's other those things that are, that are significant and they're large and they, they really have an impact on your life. Now, if you're a kid here today or a teenager even, there are some of those choices that you're not making your full 35,000 yet. Some of those choices are made for you right now, right? The things that you eat, you know, has your parents ever made the choice that you are going to eat your green vegetables? You know what I'm talking about? 
Like, you're going to have all the colors on your plate. That was very important to my wife when we were growing up uh, with our kids. And you're going to have all the colors on your plate. And uh, your, your parents may even say, no, you are absolutely not walking out of the house with that on, right? Uh, they helped you make a good choice. And so uh, there's some of those. Like, now, now, some of the choices that your parents make for you, uh, are you don't look back with as much fondness. Like, for instance, uh, at some point, my mom decided to let me walk out of the house like this. And there's a photo coming in just a second, right there, yeah. Guys, listen, parents, I just want to encourage you. Don't ever make your kids wear an Oliver and Company kitten sweatsuit for picture day at school, okay? Uh, because every year on my birthday, this, this ferocious, just, just terrible photo seems to keep popping up of me. And it's in that moment that I'm reminded I was not always in charge of my own choices. And if I could go back, I would definitely choose something different than this for, okay, you can take that off quickly, please. Um, but kids, come on, some of you look back, some of you, some of you parents, you look back to some of the choices you made in hairstyles in the 80s and 90s, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what? That was your own choice, and you decided to do that. Women with those bat wing things that you had with the aquanet and the hairspray, and, uh, and guys, you're just, you're just reminiscing the days that you had hair. That was, that was the good old days, right? We all have choices that we make every single day, and, and a lot of them. And, and like I said, many of them really impact our lives, and many of them are kind of trivial. Some of our choices have immediate consequences. Some of our choices, we make the choice, and we immediately see either the reward or the consequence of that choice. Some of you, uh, when you're in a hurry, you choose to push the pedal just a little bit further closer to the floor. And your immediate consequence is that you get to see those blue lights flashing in your rearview mirror. And you realize at that point, I made a poor choice. Some of you students, you'll know this, you made, you made a choice and it may be a delayed consequence because you made the choice not to study for that, for that test that you had coming up. And man, it was so great for you not to have to study. And in that moment, that seemed like a great choice until the test laid before you. And you realized that that choice was gonna cost you. And it may have been delayed, but it was still coming. Parents, you know about delayed consequences too because you swipe that credit card and it feels good in the moment, but guess what? That bill shows up sooner or later. And so some of our choices are, are immediate consequences and some of them are delayed consequences, but nevertheless, all of our choices do have consequences. And we're faced with choices all the time. There was a French philosopher by the name of Albert Camus and he said this, he said, life is the sum of all of our choices. We are who we are and where we are today, largely in, point, in part by the decisions and the choices that we make every single day. Now, in the book of Joshua, uh, chapter 24, Joshua is there, and he's beginning to talk to the crowd in front of him about a choice that they're going to need to make. Now, Joshua was not uh, just anyone. Joshua is a significant character in the Old Testament. Uh, and many of you will remember Joshua was one of the spies that went in. And while everyone else said, there's no way, this is too scary, those giants are big, and, and we're going to just get whipped if we try this. Joshua came back and he said, we are more than able. We can do this. Joshua was brave. Another, another uh, later in the story, you see Joshua is fighting and there's a battle that's waging and, and he's down there and he's fighting and he's not finished yet and they haven't gotten the victory and so the sun stands still in the middle of the sky until he is able to complete the victory. Joshua saw God literally have the sun stand still in the valley that day. Incredible. 
Joshua uh, remembers the time. He's a, again, he's a warrior, and he was Moses's right hand man. And and there was a moment where they're they're fighting in this battle, and Moses's hands are raised in victory, in obedience to God. And as long as his hands are raised, Joshua is seeing the hand of the Lord against the enemy, and they're winning. And then when his hands drop. They begin to lose. And so Joshua saw how God was, was powerful and victorious in him. He was, a, he was a, a battle-scarred warrior that trusted in God. So much so that when Moses had died, he began to be the leader. And he led the, the children of Israel out across the Jordan River. It was that flood stage. But the moment that their feet touched the water, the waters parted and they walked across on dry ground. And as they walked across, they, they went over and they went over towards Jericho where we remember that the big wall was keeping them out of the city, but Joshua was obedient to the word of the Lord. And what did he do? He marched around that seven times and seven times on the seventh day. And they blew the trumpets and shouted the, the voice of victory and the walls came tumbling down. So Joshua has seen the hand of God work over and over and over in his life. He was someone who had been faithful to the Lord and who had served the Lord and who was, who was devoted and committed to the things of God. But in this text that we're about to read, this is at the very end of Joshua's life. He's an old man at this point. I'm sure he's, his skin is, is weathered by the years in the sun and, and he's battle-worn and he's probably not as strong as he once was in his younger age. But he's someone that has seen the hand of God. He's, he's been fed uh, the, the, the quail and the manna. He's, he's seen the waters parted. He's seen the battles be won. He's seen God continue to, to give favor. He's been the guy that, that saw God's providence and that his shoes didn't wear out and his clothes lasted even through the wilderness. He's seen it all. And he's at the end of his life and he's standing before the multitude of all of these people, of all these generations in front of him, young and old alike. And this is what he says in Joshua chapter 24, verse 14. He says this. Listen to this battle-worn, experienced old man say, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Look at verse 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now that's a powerful statement and you probably have it on a refrigerator magnet or your grandma crocheted it somewhere and has it hanging on her wall. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. But there's something significant about that statement, much bigger than just a refrigerator magnet or a crochet. This is a statement being made by a man at the end of his life, having seen all kinds of things and been through all kinds of trials and tribulations and wilderness and victories and, and all the things. He's seen it all, and he, he makes a statement and a declaration in this moment. He said, look... You can try a lot of different things. You can take a lot of different routes. But I can tell you from my experience, from what I've seen, there's really only one way to live. And so as for me, and as for my house, we are going to serve the Lord. What I love about Joshua is that he's presenting this to the multitude and he gives them some options, a, a multiple choice quiz, if you will. 
Now, I don't know about you, I loved multiple choice quizzes. Because if I had option A, B, or C, I had a 33.33% chance of getting it right. Which is significantly higher than what my percentage would be if it were fill in the blank. Come on, somebody. Because I can, I, can, I can close my eyes and just go, Poop, okay, B it is. I liked multiple choice. And so today, what I want to do is I want to give you a multiple choice quiz for you and for your family. In the same way that Joshua gave the crowd a choice that day. He said, listen, you can serve whoever you desire to serve. If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, if you don't, if you don't think that this is the best way, if you think that you know of a better way, if there's another option that you would prefer to pick, then you're free to do that. But here are your choices. Number one, he said, who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve your family tradition? If you go to, the script, go to the text there, it says, if serving the Lord seems undesirable, then choose for yourselves this day whom you're going to serve. This is, and then he goes on to say, you're choosing either the gods, your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates. What he was saying is, look, in that moment, there were people that for generations, some of their grandparents and great-grandparents had, or even maybe some of their parents, had been in bondage in Egypt. And they had seen God bring them out. But, but if you read through the story, they seem to constantly have a problem. It's because even though God brought them out of the Red Sea and brings them out of Egypt and delivered them miraculously, in just a few short moments, they're at the base of the mountain making a golden calf for themselves to worship. You see that God would, would provide for them and give them victory in the wilderness. And it wasn't long before they're hiding little idols in their camp and digging in a hole in the floor of their tent. And hiding it and worshiping these other false gods. He said there, there is a problem here because there are some generational patterns. And there's this generational values that have been passed down. That there's a pattern in your family to constantly be seeking after and choosing to serve and to live for these other false gods. And it's creating pain and it's creating tension and it's creating brokenness in your family. There's a lot of really great things that get passed down in families. There's great family traditions. There's great uh, you know, family memories and values. There's, there's you know, things that are, that are like priceless valuable that you inherit and that you pass down for generations and generations. And it's more than just the unibrow that your dad passed down to you or the or the dazzling smile that your mom gave you. No, sometimes the things that are passed down aren't the things that we're really that proud of. For some of us, the, the generational patterns in our life are patterns of brokenness. They're patterns of brokenness in marriage, patterns of addiction or dependence. They're patterns of hatefulness, anger, rage, they're patterns of seeking wealth and financial uh, security in self or advancement and propping ourselves up. They're, they're patterns of gossip or backbiting. Some of the things that we pass down aren't the things that we're the most proud of. And what happens is, is we see these things, they're at work. We see them in our grandparents. We see them in our parents. And and then if you've ever, come on parents, you know what I'm talking about. You have that moment where you go, oh my goodness, I said it would never be me. And yet my dad's voice just came out of my mouth. 
I said I would never lose my temper in that way. And yet here I am. I said I would never allow myself to get to the same place that my parents were. And yet, here I am. See, Joshua was speaking to them. He said, listen, there's a lot of false gods. And there's a lot of, 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 of values. And there's a lot of, of, of uh, things in this world that our hearts can be inclined to. And there are things that, that get passed down generation to generation to generation. And you have a choice. You can choose to continue the pattern in your own family. And you can continue to chase the things that your grandfather chased, your, your father chased, your grandma chased, your mom chased. You can continue to allow yourself to align with the values of your family. And you can continue the, tr- the tradition and you continue the patterns of brokenness. Or you can make a choice that in this moment, you are the last generation. That, th- that it stops with you. You can make a choice that my parents may have been in and out. My parents may have been far from God or they may have been uh, uh, oscillating back and forth between church and between their own lives. But I'm going to choose that is when when it comes to me, when it comes to my future, when it comes to my kids, that I am breaking the generational patterns of the past and I am choosing to serve the Lord. I don't know about you, but if there's any legacy that I want to leave for my family... It's not the legacy of brokenness. It's not the legacy of pain. It's not the legacy of of hurt and anger or perversion and lust. It's not those things that that I see in, in, in the flesh side of my life. But rather, I want to leave a legacy that says that it stopped with me and we began a new life from there on out. I don't want to serve the gods and continue the patterns of my family. I want to serve the one true God. That was option A. He said, you can serve your family. Option B, he said, who are you going to serve? The other option is the, the, the gods of the culture around you. He said, you're living in the land of the Amorites, which means that, the, the, that they were in a place where there's all these other cultural gods around them, where culture said, this is important. Culture says, this is the way to prosperity. Culture says, worship of this and, and devotion to this and time spent in this is what you're seeking, and this is what will bring happiness and fulfillment, and, and this is what is valuable, and this is what is right. And in that moment, they, had, they were in the middle of this culture that was worshiping and seeking all these other things. And Joshua is telling them, he's like, listen, you can make a choice to serve this thing. What happens is, is that it's not like we, we leave the faith altogether and just go full-blown paganism and go into the gods of the culture. No, what happens is, is we start to try to blend our faith with the gods of the culture. We start to say, well, it's, it's, we are still serving God, but we're also doing this thing, too, that in reality is in opposition to the things of God. In opposition to his word, but, but everybody's doing it. And it's really not that big of a deal. Come on, they're living in this land where, where honestly, if they continue to just blend their faith with the gods of the culture, it's probably a little less problematic for them. There's not as much pressure on them. Kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Students. Because it's hard to be the only one, am I right? It's hard to stand out when everyone else is 
is bowing, it's hard to be the one that doesn't. When everyone else is going or doing and acting this way or saying these things or, or doing these things, like those are the, it's really hard for us to stand out. Parents, we're not exempt from this. I feel the pressure all the time of, man, I've, I feel like I need to allow my boys to do this because they might be the only ones. Mother, if, I don't, if we don't do this, they're not going to have any friends. I, they're going to get made fun of. High school is hard enough as it is. I don't want to make it more difficult on them. Come on, am I inside anybody else's head but mine? It's difficult. It's a hard line to walk, to desire good and to desire you know, uh, acceptance in, in the social uh, situations, but also to feel firmly that we don't want to blend our lives with the culture and the, and the things of the world. And so Joshua is telling them, he's like, listen, You've got a choice to make, but you cannot serve the gods of the Amorites. You cannot serve and, and value the things of culture and take, where they take precedence over God. You cannot allow these things to seep into your mind and into your hearts and into the way that you think and into the things that you say and into the way that you act because at that point, you aren't serving God anymore. You're just serving the gods of the culture around you. Joshua told him, he said, listen, you got a choice. Option A, just continue to do business as usual, the way your parents did. Just keep going on the same trajectory. Option B is you can assimilate and blend your life with all the people around you, and you'll fit in, and you'll be popular, and you won't feel any pressure or stand out. Then he pauses and he goes, but as for me and as for my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Option C here is this, is that you make a decision, a choice, larger than the choice of who you're going to marry, larger than the choice of your career path, larger than the choice of, of what you're going to invest your money in, is the choice with the greatest consequence because it is an eternal consequence. A choice to declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What was Joshua saying? He said, look, guys, I've been around the block a few times. I've seen it all. I've experienced it all. I've seen God be too faithful, too strong. I've tested him, and I've seen that he is good. I've seen his faithfulness. I've watched him provide. I've seen him be good to me. I've seen him do the impossible in my life. I've seen him deliver me and provide for me and have mercy on me. And there's no way that I could ever put my trust or give my life to anything else. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I want to draw attention to one thing here today. Parents, if you'll look with me. He says this, he starts this, what he says, he says, but as for who? Me. Parents, can I talk to you for just a second? Before we declare that our house is going to serve the Lord, we have to first personally serve the Lord. Our household, our kids serving God their relationship with the Lord and their commitment to Him and their values and their walk with the Lord 
and their spiritual disciplines and their, their faith roots will be a direct reflection of them following us as we follow Jesus. We oftentimes, can I just be real? We oftentimes want to make a declaration that our household is going to serve the Lord when we personally aren't fully serving the Lord. We all want our kids to walk out these biblical values. We want the things of God for our kids. We want to see them know God and follow God and all those types of things. But guess what? They're going to model their lives after us. Serving the Lord and, and discipling your kids is not something that we can contract out to the church. Hello. We can't, we can't expect the professional disciplers in kids' ministry and youth ministry to be responsible for discipling our kids. They only get them for a couple of hours a week, max. They're watching you. They're watching how you interact with your spouse. They're watching you have your quiet time and be in the Word and spend time in prayer. They're watching you in the things that come out of your mouth in the heat of the moment. They're watching you in the way that you ask forgiveness. They're watching you lift your hands in worship. They're watching you give and serve. They're watching you love the, the, those that are hurting. They're watching you reach people around you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're watching you... We all want to say, as for my house, but my question is, what about us? Let it start with us first. As for me, my personal declaration is that as for Chad, I'm going to serve the Lord. And out of my personal commitment and declaration and, and love for God, Lord, may you use my life to also lead my house to lead my wife and my sons closer to you. If they follow my footsteps, let them find themselves following me to Jesus. Old man Joshua, having been around the block, he said, I don't want to just continue to live the patterns of the people before me that were in and out and in and out and halfway and halfway. He said, I don't, I don't want to blend in with the, with the culture. I don't want to just accept the things around me. There's only one right answer. It's option C. As for me, I choose the Lord. For my family, I choose the Lord. For my marriage, for my kids, for my future. I choose the Lord. Thanks again for listening today. If you want to know more about our church, find us on social media or visit harvesttime.net. See you next time.